You know, I got to tell you, I have so many garbage apps on my phone, I never know where to look for stuff. And recently, I decided to clean house. All the junk and clutter gone. This leaves me with my most cherished apps. You know, the ones that can do it all. Like my Live One app. Music, events, news, podcasts, comedy. Oh, and actual musical stations curated by humans, not those robots hanging out on Bezos's yacht. All this on one tiny little place on my phone. I've become such a fan of the app we here at the Adam Carolla Show will give you three months free. Jump on to liveone.com forward slash Corolla to lock in your deal today. And with inflation at an all-time high, this is a huge savings. Liveone.com forward slash Corolla for three months plus for free. This is Corolla Digital. This is Reasonable Doubt with your hosts, Mark Garrigus and Adam Carolla. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice. We're going to mandate. Get it on and welcome to Reasonable Doubt. Best hour or so in the universe. I'm Adam Carolla. That's Mark. Hard out, soft taco, Garrigus. <laughs> Coming live from the office in downtown Los Angeles. What's going on, Mark? Hey, I was going to say, I just saw Jay. You had Jay on the big show, yeah? Yeah, Leno. Yeah. Yeah. And he looked he looked fit as a fiddle, right? He got essentially appeal. Uh, uh, they removed, you know, uh, five years from his face. <laughs> I mean, I... He showed me pictures of himself from the hospital room uh, from his phone that was a bloody, gory mess, hard to look at. And two weeks later, you look at the guy, there's literally, you couldn't find a scab like you'd get from a razor nick on the side of your face and you couldn't see it when you're in the mirror. Like you could not see a nick or a scratch on his face. Does he attribute that to the uh, Grossman Burn Center or the uh, doctors? <clears throat> yeah, he does. And, you know, good genetics and uh, also good, you know, good, good living. And, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's miraculous. The, the science is miraculous. I mean, he told me some interesting stuff. Like he said when his head was on fire, he was thinking about Nicky Lada and not oh God, getting right. his, having to get his lungs pumped by inhaling so he he held his breath and he closed his eyes and one of his colleagues doused him uh after after that he said he was sprayed with the fuel and then a moment later he was on fire wow yeah and i gotta listen i gotta listen to it i saw the picture and it intrigues me and i you know it's funny you mentioned nikki lotta i hadn't thought of that but that what a what a I can imagine that would be the first thing when you're on fire that would go through your mind. If you're a car guy. Yeah, if you're a car guy. <laughs> you know I, mean, I mean, that, that well, that, you know, that uh, you're, well, I don't even want to go there. Anyway, <laughs> let's go, we'll go back to something that's dropped and that we talked about uh, in the last apps of the Twitter files the uh, mm-hmm. that have been dropping. <laughs> and, you know, the, interestingly, the, I thought there's been two batches and the first batch was Matt Taibbi, and the second was Barry Weiss. 
The Barry Weisses, uh, to me at least, are are more fascinating. I think in a lot of ways, don't you think? Uh, so so far, I I do think that, and and now there's suspicion about the Matt Taibbi batch that was dropped because that was being vetted by the attorney for Twitter, who was an ex FBI guy, who was also the guy who was sort of doing the work of the FBI for Russian collusion and stuff like that. So you kind of wonder if we didn't have a ringer in there for one side doing the vetting. So I don't know how they overlooked it. And I think it was, I I think it was Barry Weiss who brought it to Elon's attention that, you know, the gatekeeper for the vetting of this stuff is a partisan hack who works for the other side, essentially. So we're not sure how much he's letting through his spaghetti colander, but, um, yeah, it would it would stand to reason that the batch that wasn't vetted by the partisan would have more nuggets in there. Well, that's an interesting backstory because it sure seemed like there was just you know I didn't I haven't studied it I did read kind of the um, the threads and I will tell you from reading the threads to the, my mind there was a marked difference from batch one to batch two. Well, the legal question is, what is the recourse for James Woods, who told me um, I'm lawyering up and and going after these guys? You know, you could, you know, your job as a lawyer is to say, well, how, how much money did you lose? Like, what did this translate into? And if you're a guy like another guy who got shadow banned, like a Dan Bongino or something, conservative show host, you'd go, well, it cut traffic to my site or my whatever, or, you know, YouTube's been doing it. It's it's not just Twitter. YouTube has been deep into this this world, as you and Dr. Drew found out when you were talking right, we about got, it. Right. But, and by the way, I, Gary, do you have the thing that I sent you yesterday? Back in November of 2020, Adam, I... When I was fighting with the county, we filed a declaration in support when we won at the trial court for the outdoor dining. And look at this, uh, Gary, you got the date on there? I think it's on the top. Um, yeah, well, maybe. It's November 29th. Look at the declaration. Here's another guy. This was our guy, our expert, and he was shadow banned. Did you see that as well? No, I did not. I did not see that. I know that my personal numbers of followers went up ab- about 30 grand. Oh, right. you use Jay Bhattacharya, or if I'm saying that right. Correct. That right. was who was the declaration was by for Mark's case. Oh, yeah. so Jay, who's an expert, he's, he seems like one of the most sober guys you're, you're ever going to meet. He's, I was so yeah. I was so impressed with him in real time back in November 2020. I had several conversations. We did the declaration. Um, he was talking, you know, in common sense, you know, distilling it down for a layperson like myself. And mind you, at the same time, you and I were talking about it with great frequency. And obviously we had the input from Drew. But he was so spot on. Two years ago, more than, you know, what, 25 months ago, he was absolutely spot on. And then Barry Weiss finds out or exposed that he was being, they were doing whatever, what did they call it, Gary? They shadow ban, but basically it was trying to limit 
in a way the the reach that in he Jay, had. in Jay's case he was tagged with so one of the interesting things about this is seeing how on the back end Twitter you know uh, categorizes all of this and for Jay specifically he had a recent abuse strike and a trends blacklist which means that nothing he was going to tweet was going to trend right and then the mouthpiece blovating shill for the Biden administration will come up very recently and say you know get your information from us not some nut job on Twitter right so what they essentially did is they turned everyone who got shadow banned into some sort of conspiracy theorist nut job who was peddling dis and misinformation and it was really the same tactics they did with the 51 Intel experts who signed the declaration that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. Now they had something to point at. They'd go, oh, you think the Hunter Biden laptop is real? I got a piece of paper with 51 signatures on it. Or you think this guy should be heard. He's been banned from Twitter because he's too insane and he has too much disinformation. It's a it's a scary game, but it's a it's definitely a game that was being played. And then the next question is, is, you know, James Woods is going after these people. I imagine your, your Dan Bongino's would go after these people. You wonder if Jay Bhattacharya is going to go after these people like there. There's going to be round two the round two is not just discovering what they did to try to destroy these people's careers it's how can we assign it a dollar amount to it and try to claw some of it back and then the next part is is who are we suing now elon because elon's yeah, the good guy what, it, what does it look like there is speaking of that we have a video clip don't we gary Yes, we do. Uh, the current White House press secretary was asked a little bit about the uh, Twitter files. So this is a more updated version of the gentleman you were talking about uh, making his comments. So this is since the drop. Wait, real fast, Kareem, just real quick on Twitter, because you guys said you're keeping a close eye on Elon Musk's ownership. And it's the first time we've talked to you since you released the files uh, a few days ago. Is it the White House view that decisions at Twitter were made appropriately uh, in terms of decisions to censor this reporting ahead of the election? Let me, you, you, uh, you mischaracterized, actually, what I, what I actually said and took it out of context when you asked her a question. Um, look, when I answered the question, and I, already, I actually already addressed this, um, about uh, how the, 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 the White House and the administration is, is seeing uh, what's happening on Twitter, we, were, we follow also uh, what's going on just like you guys are reporting and just like you guys are seeing. And what I was commenting to is like, yes, we're, we're seeing what is happening, just like you all are seeing what's happening uh, with Twitter. So just want to clear that up because you definitely mischaracterized what I said or put it out of context. Um, and so can you ask your question again? Yes, I mean, my question was that you had said, I think, six or so days ago that the White House was watching um, closely the situation at Twitter after Elon Musk's ownership of it with respect to misinformation. And because these files were released um, on the basis of, you know, hack materials clause uh, at Twitter, uh, decisions were made to, to censor reporting leading up to the election. My question was, is it the White House view that these decisions were made appropriately in light of what has come out? Which decisions? By whom? By Twitter. By Twitter on, okay. So, look, 
we see this as a, a an interesting or a coincidence, if I may, that oh. uh, uh, that he would so haphazardly, uh, Twitter would so haphazardly push this distraction. Uh, that is a that is a full of uh, old news, if you think about it. Um, and uh, at the same time, Twitter is facing very real and very serious questions uh, about the rising volume of anger, hate, and anti-Semitism on their platform, oh, okay. and uh, how they're letting it happen. And uh, you know, the president said last week, more leaders need to speak out and reject this. And uh, it's a very alarming and very dangerous. And but our focus right now is helping the American families. I just talked about what the president is going to be doing in Arizona, talking about the Chips and Science Act, talking about how we're bringing manufacturing jobs back here to the U.S., talking about under this administration, more than 700,000 jobs uh, have been created uh, in manufacturing jobs, to be more specific. Look, what is happening? It's it's not it's, it's frankly it's not healthy. It won't do anything to help a single American improve their lives. And so so look, this isn't. We we see this as an interesting, uh, you know, cons, uh, you know, coincidence, uh, and uh, we, and you know, it's a distraction. Mark, what, what if you had that person on the stand? Wouldn't you just be <laughs> licking your chops like, oh boy, is this person dancing? Man, I've never I, seen someone dance around and lie so much I in two understand. and a half minutes. What is the? I mean, it's brilliant in a way. It's such deflection. It's, yes. it's brilliant rhetoric because you're you're characterizing something which is obviously not a coincidence as a coincidence. Nothing to see here. It's just well, it, here's the tack. Like here's the ploy. If I could give you um, something that was analogous, it was basically like your wife is accusing you of cheating for two years and then at some point she looks at your phone and she's and you've been saying the whole time please please that uh never happened you're insane you're insane for accusing me of cheating and then at some point she finds your phone and sees a bunch of texts from your guma and then goes what about this and you go oh that's old news <laughs> you brought this shit up two years ago it's like, and by, the, and by the way, I got to make the mortgage payment. This right. Month. Yeah. And what I'm trying to do is I'm looking for colleges for the kids. Let's not distract. <laughs> I'm going why, are, to, why are you going backwards? Why I'm are you going, looking backwards? I'm going to Arizona State this weekend with Timmy. Oh, I'm I'm pushing this family forward. I'm looking to I don't want to live in the past. And what they're going what they're saying is, is, well, that's old news. And but what I'm saying is, is. Yeah, but you were calling me nuts the entire time. That's why it's but not why old looking? news. I but, thought we were moving on. I, uh, thought we were gonna, I thought we were looking forward. Well, I, I got to tell you, we, we talked about it on the show, but when the narrative goes from I've never talked to my son about his business dealings ever to old news, moving forward, I'm I the American people are worried about their bottom line. Well, that your story shifted now, and it suggests to me that I was probably correct in my allegations two years ago about you cheating. That's that's what I'm saying. So it went from it went from this never happened to why do you want to litigate the past? You know what? What and my takeaway, obviously through my prism, is is having used uh, Jay and having fought this battle in real time, and now to find out that he was basically um, uh, muzzled, if you will. The It increases my frustration because we've talked so many times about this deference that 
the judicial system gave to uh, the health of the unelected health authorities by the basis of this rational basis, which basically is not a rational basis. It just says, as long as you give us lip service, we're going to let you do whatever you want to do, which is kind of a form of what you just said. It's, it's don't bother me with this. I we're looking, we're working for the American uh, public. So it's don't bother me with the scientific evidence or the harm that's going to be done or the fact that you've got no scientific basis for the uh, the things that we're talking about. And by the way, this expert that you have, he's an outlier. He's on the extreme and he doesn't really know anything. We have the unelected bureaucrats making the decision who really know more than whatever. Now we know in retrospect just how faulty that was, just how dangerous that was. Because livelihoods, you know, there are 30,000 um, uh, restaurant owners, most of them mom and pops, um, and I, the the percentage that were put out of business, their lifelong savings is is astronomical. And and the idea that somehow this was done purportedly um, uh, as a as a, with intent is is really kind of a it gets my goal and is exactly why the courts, I in my opinion, should have gotten involved and should have gotten involved. And, and done what they do best when the court asks tough questions. Well, Jay Bhattacharya was basically part of the great Barrington Declaration, and he was just saying, and they were just saying, uh, shutting schools down, not a good idea, going to have long-term downstream consequences. You're hurting these kids. It's not scientifically prudent to do it. And shutting down society is a bad idea, too. It's going to cause a lot of depression and weight gain and suicides and drug overdoses and stuff. So that's what they were saying. They were being called heretics, essentially. And I want to know how how much litigation is going to go on. Um, I mean, because presumably I could say as a parent – you guys closed down the schools for a year and a half. It damaged my kids. Um, they're now two years behind and going to have difficulty getting into college or blah, 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 or their livelihood or whatever. Uh, it was based on junk science. We'll find some smoking guns where you were saying, go after this person and shut that person up who disagrees with us. And then at what point is there class action lawsuits? Well, the you know, the the... The, one of the hurdles is, and I know this from uh, a case that we have in the office where we're just litigating uh, this week, is they will argue that the platform itself, so here, whether it's Twitter or it's YouTube, that the platform under the, the appropriate section gives them immunity, that all they're doing is you know providing a platform. But the, the, the tension is... If they're providing a platform and here they are actually curating it, that to me is when you get outside of the immunity. And now you've got proof that there's curation and curation is, I guess, kind of a euphemistic term for uh, we're going to we've got a viewpoint where we've got an agenda. And how do you get how do you get insulated from liability there? I think there's going to think that that's where. The, the battle is going to be fought, in my humble opinion, you, as you said, whether it's class actions, whether it's a, 
um, somebody who's got damages, whether it's a, a school children, you know, if your kids were held back or uh, things of that nature, and you're going to be arguing immunities uh, when they were, when there was um, a curation, for lack of a better term, of the information and basically a silencing of uh, voices. Well, that takes you out of just being a platform. And, you know, people can talk about the hate speech, but at the same time, that's, you know, the First Amendment, um, just because you don't like the speech doesn't mean that you get to silence the speech. That was why we had a revolution. What? Uh, how's it going with Tin Horn Flats? Any updates? Well, we, this, uh, this week we've got the depots coming up, so it'll be interesting to see. I'll, uh, I'll uh, let you know after we do the depots on the big show next week. You teased us a few weeks ago with some Paul Pelosi stuff, and we never really I fleshed it I out. Close, yeah, I couldn't close the circle on it. Unfortunately, I'm I'm locked tight. Sometimes the uh, the problem is that somebody will contact me, and then I've got to be able to get to a point where I can uh, reveal it, and I can't. I will. I will say, however, yesterday, even though we announced it a week ago, the judge finally um, in Arizona. Um, approved in uh, the Laney and uh, the girls in the Daniel Shaver case, which turns out, uh, at least by my understanding, was the largest wrongful death settlement in Arizona civil rights history. Um, that finally, after six years, just one month shy of the seventh anniversary of Daniel's uh, killing, we that's that's done. And uh, I'll tell you, I'm, uh, you know, what a fight that was. And, and I can only hope that the, uh, you know, we talked about it before, but I only hope that the DOJ steps in now and says, okay, we're, we're going to do something here because I think, you know, you were early money on that case in terms of the talking about just that it was, and I will tell you, I'm, I'm, I previously told the listeners sitting in that criminal trial, uh, the, and having watching Laney watch the video and go into convulsions was one of the toughest experiences I've ever had as a lawyer. I mean, it was one of the most horrendous shootings and uh, that I've ever seen. And uh, if you're if you're you know at the Department of Justice and the Civil Rights Division, if there was ever a case that screamed for civil rights remedies, that would tend to be it. Wouldn't, don't you think? Now they're not interested. The guys, he's white. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's the new. That's the new world order. They just got Brittany Griner out of a Russian prison. She'd been in there for months. There's guys in there for years. They didn't get them out. Well, the I've got a, um, I've got a. I'm obviously vaping cartridges for hash oil is ridiculous, and the yes. sentence was ridiculous. No, but, it's all ridiculous. But what yeah, what I'm saying ridiculous. is, is everything right. is seen through the eyes of some sort of progressive woke. You know, what's it doing for this group or that group now? Uh, look, I look. I'll give you. I'll give you a hypothetical. If in case you don't believe me, and uh, you tell me what you think. <clears throat> I talked to the guy who runs a crypto center, staple center. You know, crypto.com arena. Crypto.com arena. Name is Lee. I've spent some time with the guy. A colorful character. He uh, told me Lee Zeidman. I talked to him five years ago on a boat. And I said, uh, what? I said, the last time I went to 
Staples. It was Staples at the time. I walked out. I tripped over a guy selling hot dogs right against the door, you know. And by the way, they'll sell Modelo beers out there and tequila shots, too. And he said, it's the bane of my existence. These guys are all over our property. They're literally up to the door. So when the concert ends or the game ends, everyone files out and there's all these guys no permits, no health codes, no inspectors, no nothing. And by the way, it's a kind of syndicate thing. They get dropped off in vans, women, and they tell them to bring their young kids. And they, But they load up the van in Chatsworth or something. Then they drive it down on a Friday night, whatever. He said, uh, then he pulled out his phone and showed me a picture of a giant cockroach on one of the grills next to the hot dogs. And I said to him, can't you call the city council? Can't you talk to the DA, Can't the mayor? What's up? And he said, basically said, I don't want to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble. I said, these people are engaging in legal activity on, and by, nobody pays more taxes than the Staples Center in terms of downtown Los Angeles, with all the events and all the vendors and all the acts and all the tickets and all the guys. I said, no. And so when I talked to him a few days ago, been five day, five years later, I said, what, what's going on on your property in terms of illegal vendors? He's like, it's worse. It's worse. Oh, now. it's much worse. <laughs> and he but said. I walk down Fig all the time. I mean, it's unbelievable what happens here. You walk down Figueroa. Right. And so he said he's constantly talking to the city council. He's talking to the mayor. He talked to Gaston. Um, the uh, Gascon, the uh, DA, he said, no one's doing anything. No one will do a thing. Um, so here's here's the hypothetical. All right. They won't enforce their own laws. Fine. Um, you, you light a cigarette on the beach. Tell me how fast uh, the government puts it out. Or go crack a beer on the beach and see what happens. Uh, or Elon Musk got the health inspector, he's got the building inspector showing up to the Twitter headquarters in San Francisco because he built a, a room for people to take naps. Okay, that's an issue. That's an issue for them. And they, they will dispatch people to take care of it. But the, the guy's doing all the vending illegally outside on the property of the Staples Center. That is a zero issue for them. So here's the hypothetical. And I figured it out. Years ago, when I was talking about leaf blowers, which have been deemed illegal in Los Angeles, people don't know this because there's a leaf blower out front of every house every single day. It's illegal to operate a leaf blower in Los Angeles. But they found out quickly that the demographic of the guys who use the leaf blowers were poor Hispanics, and they didn't like the optics of coming down on poor Hispanics. So they're sort of picking and choosing what they enforce versus what they don't enforce based on sort of the demographic and their constituency. Um, If you took all of those vendors that are set up every night in front of the Staples Center and changed their ethnicity from Hispanic to guys who look like Conan O'Brien, blue-eyed guys with red hair. Do you think the city council and the mayor and the DA would have a different take on what's going on there? That's a very cynical view of yours. It's 100% true. It could be no, there's no other view. I, by the way, it's grandfathered in. There's precedent. There's the leaf blowers. They're illegal. 
No one's ever gotten a ticket for working working a leaf blower. Yes. Well, the, all you got to do is I, I'm sitting right now right above 7th Street. If you walk around the corner on 7th Street, there is a van that is there that is selling hot dogs. It is there every single day, day in, day out. And there are tickets on the windshield. In fact, I, I, my guess is there, there, there's probably 100 tickets on the windshield. And that van's there every single day. doesn't matter. It's parked right out in front. In fact, it's kind of parked in front of the coffee bean, which is now out of business because that coffee bean presumably had a lease where they had to pay rent. And they probably had cam charges, common area maintenance, and probably taxes and everything else. They couldn't withstand having the brick and mortar uh, anchor. But the the hot dog vendor, no problem. Yes. So it is now a sort of two-tiered justice system. And you may not be comfortable answering my hypothetical, but I know what the answer is. And so does every Los Angelino. There's no way they'd let Whitey pull that shit off. So now you used to, you know what your predecessor hypothetical was? Hmm. It was Barham Boulevard. Right. Right. Right by Forest Lawn. Yeah. Well, it, it's 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 the thoughts that popped into the, when this sort of two tiered enforcement popped into my head was based on Forest Lawn writing tickets to the soccer moms on one side and turning a blind eye to the guy selling illegal flowers on the other side. Uh, that's when I realized, oh, we have laws we enforce and then ones we don't enforce. Based some on ethnicity, a lot of it's on whether you have a checking account or not and can cut them a check. The guys on the other side of the street selling the flowers could not cut them checks. There were empty bags, as Mike August likes to say. But the soccer mom was fully insured and had a checking account. So they knew where they could get their money. And I'm just saying that is a slippery slope to go down as a society. It well, is- I will, I'll give you another example. You know, I used to call it it's properly named Lebanon Alley behind the engine company, but I've now renamed it Fentanyl Alley. Mm. And you will you will see uh, the frequent deaths. I was talking about this with Drew, where they just bring a tent over and they cover the body until somebody takes it away. And people shooting up in the uh, alley and also smoking up and uh, no problem whatsoever. Mind you, this corner is one of the most presumably heavily patrolled areas you'll ever want because it's an MTA stop, right? You've got right. the, uh, you've got the, uh, 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 this morning when I went out to get a cup of coffee, I went by probably 15 bodies strewn on the sidewalk and on the bus stop in the bike lane, just strewn on the, on the curb. And, that's fine. Apparently, that's uh, that we're we're helping those people by letting them just uh, sprawl out on the on the sidewalk. Well, you know, I heard a very sobering guy on the radio yesterday, and he was talking about fentanyl and it's a couple things. But this is a very interesting facet of this, which is, you know, the fentanyl is insanely potent. There's pretty much no more heroin anymore. Fentanyl has replaced heroin. In most big cities, the fentanyl is making it 
from, you know, basically the border towns, it's getting down to Boston and uh, all it's it's getting very, very far east. I mean, it's, it's spread out all over the place. But the thing that was very interesting that this guy was saying and the speed, which used to be about 50 percent speed and 50 percent whatever they stepped on, uh, it is now about 99 percent pure. And the speed and the fentanyl do something to your brain where self-preservation is crushed. So you're coming into the hospital with frostbite because you're sleeping outside and they're amputating your toes, meaning you're so fucked up on these drugs that has blocked the center of your brain that says, get up, get shelter, get out of the cold. You know, essentially the, the, the motivational part of your brain that says, I need to preserve myself. I need to take care of myself. It, it destroys that impulse. So now you have these people that are on these drugs and they don't have any self-preservation. And that 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 then means you just die in the streets. Well, according to the, Drew had predicted on the on your show that the coming wave of deaths is going to make what we've seen in the last two years look like child's play because they be for that precise reason that this combination is so deadly and you can see the evidence of it. I mean, the, the, at least I do uh, anecdotally by walking the streets here downtown, you can see what's happening and in it's frightening um, for a variety of reasons. All right, let me hit Geico and then we'll switch gears to another case. Uh, do you own, do you rent your home? Well, sure you do. It can be hard work. You know, it's easy bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to geico.com, get a quote and see just how much you could save and how easy it is to save at Geico. That is at geico.com. All right, Gary, we got uh, one more. One I want to talk about because I've defended this a number of times and it's always kind of irked me. And it's a case where, I don't know, in the um, past I uh, when I've defended whether it was Hertz or whether it was Avis or some other car, uh, car rental agency, but it's always irked me how they are able to get authorities to file criminal charges when you when your credit card is either declined or you've overstayed the original rental. And I've always thought that that was outrageous. It now has been reported that Hertz is going to pay $170 million to customers who say they were falsely accused of stealing cars. And the reason I also found this interesting is it fits in with your theory that that will be the only thing that will cure uh, these uh, rental car companies from kind of co-opting the prosecutorial authorities in order to get people arrested because either the credit card limit, I had one where the credit card limit had been exceeded and there was a temporary kind of decline of the charges, which triggered an arrest for grand theft auto, which is just to my mind, outrageous. I'd never even heard about this before. But yeah. when you say you had, you mean a client. 
Clients, yes. I've defended um, uh, at least five cases that I can think of. I remember one in particular down in Long Beach, which I, it took uh, practically an act of Congress to finally get the prosecutor to, to dismiss the case with this young kid who was arrested because the credit card had exceeded its limit. And somehow they they morphed that into a grand theft. And I, I just I've always thought that was so outrageous. Whoever whoever the lawyer was who filed the class action hats off to you for for the result. And I'll bet you that that does something to stop that practice. The other, yeah. Uh, the other case I was going to mention is the um, the independent state legislature case that's before the U.S. Supreme Court. Now we've been talking about this. I've been talking about this as it's climbed its way uh, up the ladder to the Supreme Court, and we've been talking about it for years, and it's finally there. This is an interesting theory that is kind of percolated that. The Constitution says that, the, and it started uh, Bush versus Gore, um, or as a result of Bush versus Gore, uh, that it, it started to gain some traction, that state Supreme Courts cannot weigh in on the, uh, on the elections and the uh, uh, elector, if you will, but that the um, uh, legislature has the independent state legislatures of each state has the basically the dominion and control over the process. Why is that important, or why does that matter? Because there you've got you know they're they're defrocking Rudy Giuliani, and there there's been all kinds of um, pushback on the uh, 2020 election. Well, if this theory gains credence in the SCOTUS adopts it, this independent state legislature. And who knows, because right now it looks like everybody who's trying to read the tea leaves views it as, and I've talked to you before about this particular court is kind of the 3-3-3. And it looks like there's three and three on each side. And right now it's going to come down to Amy Coney Barrett, um, Kavanaugh, and uh, Roberts. Depending on which way they go or how those three split, that could really upend uh, the uh, the presidential elections as we know it. So it'll be interesting. We'll keep you posted on that as it uh, comes along. Where do you come down? I think another one they're discussing in the Supreme Court is this whole um, – it started with the masterpiece cake baker out of Denver who said, I won't bake a cake. I won't you know, bake a cake for a gay couple, but not a wedding cake for a gay couple because I'm Christian and it goes against my teachings. And now it's a web designer. Well, now it's a web designer. Yeah. It started with Masterpiece Cake Baker that went to the whatever the Supreme Court of Colorado was. And this stuff drives me insane. Um, but now there's a Christian web designer and she doesn't want to do certain people's designs. And my feeling is, is, uh, Look, they they had they have health clubs for women only. Uh, I don't give a fuck. I, I, I go go across the street to the Brignoli's gym and use that place. And gay couple, you go across the street to the Vandy camps and go get yourself a fucking cake. Stop suing everyone. But I don't know if the Supreme Court has settled this one or not. They haven't, they haven't yet. In my my problem with this one is I think this is a hypothetical case 
And, and I say hypothetical because it's not like this person has been faced with this yet. And so generally, you know, the I can cite probably a hundred times I've been told by a judge, I don't do hypotheticals. And this seems to me to be a hypothetical. And I would wait until uh, there actually is a dispute, but they're going to weigh in. They have not as of yet, as long as I can, or as far as I can tell, right? Right, Gary? It's, it has not been decided. Not that I know of, no. Where no. do you come down on like Masterpiece Cake Baker? Well, I, I kind of, I, the libertarian in me says, just like I don't want to get into the bedroom, I don't want to get into the, um, your business. Uh, you know, I, as long as you are, I kind of take a live and let live. Uh, I, I don't understand somebody who would want the service of somebody who doesn't want to give them the service. I don't quite, I have trouble with that. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think for me, if it's your business, you're allowed to do what you want with your business. And then people said, would go, well, what if you didn't serve Jews or something like that? And I would say that is your business. It's going to hurt your business and there'll be some sort of uprising and uh, your business will go out of business. But, but can you do that? Yes. Yes, you can. Um, number one, but I also, to me, there are things, there, there are companies that are essentially monopolies. And so when Google or Apple or whoever says, I'm not going to let this app onto my services because I disagree with their politics, then at that point you have to go, well, you are a monopoly and this, there is no going across the street to the other bakery and getting a cake. I would definitely factor in, you know, if you said to me, there's one cake baker in all of Denver and this is the way they feel. And so you, you shall not get yourself a gay wedding cake. Then I, I will factor that in. If I find out that there's 13, a baker's dozen of good bakeries in the Denver area, one, as close as four blocks from the place you're trying to sue to get you to bake you a gay wedding cake, then I would say, well, why don't you just take your money down the street? And by the way, don't you want to support a, a business that is open-minded and open-hearted and will take happily take your money and you should be happy to give it to them? So to me, as long as there's alternatives, then that business is allowed to conduct themselves the way they want. Once it becomes a monopoly that's tough. So when the DMV makes a declaration, it's a, it's a monopoly. Or, you know, the city of Burbank, when they close down Tinhorn Flats, that, that's essentially a monopoly saying you, you can't do something or you have to do something. If there are many alternatives, then no, I'll, you should keep walking. I can, I can understand that. You've done kind of a, uh, uh, a little bit of a uh, legal analysis there in, in terms of the monopolistic or antitrust analysis as well. I look at that. You're, the, you, you're kind of a, a man for all seasons. I like to say in my act that uh, on occasion, you know, they got sued by the gay couple, Masterpiece Cake. Masterpiece Cake baked me a cake when I played Golden Colorado, by the way. It was delectable. Uh, but uh, 
I like to joke that uh, they were sued again, and this time they were sued because they wanted a cake for their son that was transitioning. And I said, uh, what's that cake even look like? You know what I mean? Well, it started off life as a pie. (laughs) And I would say if somebody forced me to bake them a transition cake, I would just uh, slap a bagel down on the counter and go, there you go. And they'd go, that's not a cake. And I'd go, it identifies as a cake, bitch. <laughs> All right. A funny note to go out on. Thank you very much. I'll be uh, possibly doing that joke at the Rialto, the- at Rialto Theater and uh, doing stand-up. That's in Tucson, Arizona, coming up on the 15th, December 15th. Then the 16th and 17th, Tempe, Arizona at the Tempe Improv. I'll be doing stand-up there. We'll do some live pods there. And you can check out me and John Popper in Dallas, January 20th through the 22nd. And uh, the Echo Theater, if you want to see us do shows that night, you can just buy a ticket to the theater. Go to amcurl.com for all the info. What do you got, Mark? Well, if you're in downtown L.A., uh, stop by Engine Company 28 or around the corner at 10E for Mediterranean Tapas. If you're in New York, go by GCT, Grand Central, and uh, say hi to Jake at uh, – a dirty taco or say hi to the the guys and the gals at uh, the Prova Pizzeria. So, till next time, Adam Carolla for Mark Hard Out Soft Taco. Garagos, say it! Mahalo. Thanks for listening to Reasonable Doubt. Tune in next Saturday for an all-new episode. is Corolla Digital. All month long on Pluto TV, stream the biggest Tyler Perry movies free. Watch your favorites like Medea's Witness Protection and Medea's Big Happy Family. Join Tyler Perry as he goes on a couple's retreat with Sharon Leal in Why Did I Get Married? Or Idris Elba and Gabrielle Union in the Tyler Perry directed film Daddy's Little Girls. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of channels with thousands more movies and TV shows available on live and on demand. Download the free Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming now. Pluto TV. Drop in. Watch free. Would you love to save some money on your insurance? Of course you would. And who doesn't love a deal? When it comes to great rates on insurance for everything, GEICO can help. Insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even your homeowners, condo, or renter's insurance. They are all covered with GEICO. Save even more with special discounts when you bundle coverages together. Plus, they have an easy-to-use GEICO mobile app. And 24-7 roadside assistance, so it's easy to switch to GEICO. It's a no-brainer. Switch today and see just how much you could save at GEICO.com. Go there and get a rate quote or contact a local agent. Hi, this is Jillian. Those of us here at Court Junkie have a new podcast called Civil, where we dive into fascinating civil cases, like in the case of a principal who took it upon himself to hypnotize students as a hobby. Then many of those students ended up dead. Or when a man was publicly and wrongfully accused of being the I-10 freeway shooter. We'll also be covering popular civil cases you've likely heard of, like O.J. Simpson and Alex Jones versus the parents of Sandy Hook. This is is AC. I have O.J. in the car. Sandy Hook, it's got inside job written all over 
Hosted by me, Jillian Jalali, researched by Nicole Gusmarati, and written by Matt Stroud and Nick Kepler. If you like following criminal trials like I do, I think you will love Civil. Subscribe to us now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You know, I got to tell you, I have so many garbage apps on my phone, I never know where to look for stuff. And recently, I decided to clean house. All the junk and clutter gone. This leaves me with my most cherished apps. You know, the ones that can do it all. Like my Live One app. Music, events, news, podcasts, comedy. Oh, and actual musical stations curated by humans. Not those robots hanging out on Bezos's yacht. All this on one tiny little place on my phone. I've become such a fan of the app we here at the Adam Carolla Show will give you three months free. Jump on to liveone.com forward slash Corolla to lock in your deal today. And with inflation at an all-time high, this is a huge savings. Liveone.com forward slash Corolla for three months plus for free.